Welcome to Machine Learning. AI Brain. Okay, that's a new startup company, and uh, want to talk about it a little bit. It's kind of uh, interesting. You see, you hear about a lot of startup companies, and they have uh, a lot of ideals, and uh, and you don't know which ones are going to emerge as a strong player, but uh, I think AI Brain's founders had some interesting things to say, and for that reason, um, I kind of wanted to talk about AI Brain, and uh, okay, so... Uh, AI brain strives for human-like intelligence. Extremely high ideal. Extremely high. Considering all AI right now is narrow AI. There's no general AI that exists. Um, he, the CEO said, cognitive reasoning for humans makes us want to learn about the world. So, so if a machine has a desire to learn... That's an interesting proposition. What would it want to learn? Well, it could learn human interaction, social skills. It could learn about the environment it has, physics, geology, chemistry. But would it, would it retain that information in its digital brain like the way we do with uh, symbols, associative memory, experiences, feelings, emotions, um, dislikes and likes, the biases. <clears throat> you know, what, what would a, a digital brain learn? Because it's ones and zeros that's stored digitally. You know, we can mimic certain behaviors like uh, Soul Machine can mimic certain behaviors based on different functions of the brain and the reactions of the brain to different stimuli or inputs. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, Soul Machines has any cognitive capability like what we're talking about where it has the ability to learn. Uh, People remember states or memories about the world. Increased computing power or mobile phones steadily evolve rather than are revolutionary. And uh, most technology is doing that right now. It's not, even in the area of AI and machine learning, it's not making big jumps. You're not seeing new big jumps in libraries. It's more of the same thing. Even with GPT-3, that was originally BERT. And before BERT, that was neural machine translation and um, the attention layer. The attention layer basically acts like the uh, context vector in machine translation. So you, you see the original idea was machine translation. You take one set of sentences and you run it through an encoder decoder and a context vector in between and you output a new language and you can map it after the patterns 
of uh, of what an expert would translate a sentence. And so a lot of the translations can be fairly accurate, but the technology as far as uh, the mapping from one to another is uh, through an encoder-decoder model. Now we add, uh, we add uh, GPT-3, which is a text summarization, uh, generative text, and we ask the question, what is generative text? Well, it's, it's predicting what the next word will be. So based on its memory through the LSTM, it's remembering uh, word states. So one word and its state, and then it's, a, um, its weights to other words. And so what we're looking for is the word in, in a sequence of words that is most probable based on a sequence of words like almost like the when you're you're uh, it's a time series problem so so basically what we're doing with a lot of the um, text summarization uh, natural language or machine language translation and generative text is we're we're looking at words over time in a time series and then we're looking at those patterns as of a specific time and trying to make a prediction of what the next word will be. Well that's exactly what we do with LSTMs when we're doing time series with numbers whether it's a single variable or multivariable is uh, inputs is that we're looking at at those patterns uh, in terms of uh, predictive capability. And so, you know, you can, you can model that using uh, convolution neural nets, uh, convolution 1D nets, and uh, a kernel, and you can get a similar type of windowing over the data as it relates to a time series. So if you haven't got into natural language processing and uh, text generative text or generative in, uh, images or uh, text summarization, then it tells me that you're probably a beginner level uh, engineer and that you're, you're basically wondering um, what it would take to do that. Well, you're gonna need a GPU. You're gonna need access to a GPU because uh, the data sets are very large and the processing takes a long time because everything is put into vector vectorizing. Um, and I would say that the text summarization is probably less developed than the image recognition with the convolution neural nets. And uh, as a result, it, they're probably not as near as the level of interest as object recognition, self-driving cars, uh, regional convolution networks where they're looking at different regions of images. So you have some bounded box that's looking for objects in a scene or in a frame. So you have a video stream and it's looking for particular objects in that video stream frame and, uh, and then passing that to the, the, the convolution neural net. And then at the base, having a dense network fully connected that is identifying through a soft, softmax activation is identifying 
uh, a label so you, you can see well, what type of person is it oh, it's a female male or or who maybe it can identify even a specific person and perhaps based on the interactions between the objects you can uh, determine what what type of action is occurring uh, he's shaking the person's hand he's selling the person an object he's talking to him on a on a um, a professional dialogue or something like that so they're they're the, the machine can start identifying particular behaviors not only just objects but behaviors and that becomes more interesting when it can uh, provide that level of functionality okay so um, that that statement about computing power going up uh, you know, we haven't we haven't had a guest speaker talk about quantum computing but I definitely would like to have a guest speaker talk on quantum computing I know an individual who has said they were interested in uh, talking on my podcast about quantum computing I'll just have to see if I can reconnect again and uh, and engage in that conversation but one of my thoughts on this quantum computing is just what level of of um, sophistication can you you provide with quantum computing I mean in terms of storage memory and processing which are you know their main components to any computer what could quantum computing do for solving really hard problems in uh, either machine translation or um, natural language processing or text generative summarization you know what could it do and then when you create something with a quantum computer how will you market it so that the masses would use it um, and that would be somewhat of an interesting challenge to be able to talk to some of the innovators or the business people who are spending money to have different technologies built what are they expecting uh, as an outcome of of their investment okay so that's AI brain um, he concludes that AI has enormous difficulty in understanding human language AI brain wants to deliver an intelligent character AI will take care of the mundane task of humanity human beings will work on imaginative work cars and airplanes are tools used by human beings likewise AI will be a tool for augmenting human intelligence I agree with that so if AI brain is looking to become a tool just like Microsoft Visual Studio is a tool for developing websites applications kind of this universal glue that you can use across every device um, that's also same, the same is also true of Python but it doesn't have quite the tool set yet that uh, Microsoft has developed with Visual Studio but if Visual Studio continues to ignore Python as the number one language in the world then there will be other companies that will build tools uh, for for fast development uh, using an AI based code generation 
and uh, assisted uh, developer. So you have your primary developer, which is the human being, and then you have your assisted developer, which is your AI. And uh, AI could do, be doing not only the code development uh, based on the imaginative work of the developer, but it could also be doing the testing and looking for potential faults or problems in the code that could represent risk or performance issues or um, function, functional, logic, logically functional errors that in certain cases where there might be omissions or errors in the logic. All right, so interesting thoughts on the AI brain. Um, I want to move to a new, another startup called Fluent AI. Fluent AI attempts to reach human level interaction between the machine uh, person. AI, at uh, Fluent AI, AI learns the person's preferred way of speaking to it. Fluent AI understands the tone and intent of what is being said. Fluent AI goes from speech to understanding. That's a huge statement there. Uh, it can go from speech to understanding. And I think what they're implying here is that it has a wider range of actions that can be performed. You know, Siri can do a few things like uh, it can open up your notes, it can open up your calendar. But as far as it understanding what you want, it doesn't have that capability. It's sad that Apple, with as much money as they had, missed out on, on that capability of utilizing highly functional AI. It would, it would definitely endear the users of the iPhone to the device and to that service. And uh, it's very annoying when you ask Siri a question and it can't understand what you're saying. Or it just says, I found this on the internet. Very annoying. And, uh, you know, AI has to be like a daemon running in the background, understanding what you're saying, understanding the context of what you're saying, and then being capable of performing uh, tasks that are safe and also useful. Okay. So, um, Vic Grant Sig Tomar says AI learns the commands from the user. Fluent AI raised 1.8 million for its startup. 